All right, everybody, don't drop that fast forward button. The sponsorship roll call is about to begin. Energy Consulting Limited provides complete project management and general contracting services to a variety of private sector clients on both commercial and residential construction projects. They act as the owner's representatives through the planning, design, budgeting, scheduling, construction, and occupancy processes. Clients appreciate their open, honest, and flexible approach to achieving their project goals. Although they are located in Surrey, BC, Energy works on projects all over the province, including the growing cities of the north and the beautiful coastal towns of Vancouver Island. They're always excited to explore new places and develop relationships with professionals wherever their clients' interests may be. Abacus North is a firm that specializes in mortgage banking solutions for complex projects. In addition to providing financing solutions in a traditional mortgage broker capacity, Abacus North provides direct loans that range from $2 million to $25 million. On a syndicated basis, they provide mortgage banking solutions up to $300 million. In most cases, their in-house capital solutions can bridge financing gaps that traditional lenders are unable to service. They specialize in providing land acquisition loans, construction financing for large-scale developments, income-producing properties, and single-purpose facilities. With a portfolio that includes high-rise, mid-rise, and low-rise condominiums, townhouse developments, shopping centers, agricultural properties, industrial developments, and medical marijuana facilities, Abacus North is at the forefront of creative mortgage banking solutions with a focus on fostering long-term relationships. They are a multifaceted organization that services domestic and international clients with their mortgage banking needs. Complex financing solutions require analytical thinking well beyond a typical mortgage broker relationship. As a result, they focus on providing engineered solutions for their client. Their key differentiation strategy is that they assist clients in actively managing the capital stack in order to minimize borrowing costs while maximizing flexibility. Abacus North focuses on national and global opportunities. Ascentia CPA has a team of new-gen chartered professional accountants that are dedicated to advancing companies using expertise combined with emerging technologies. The team at Ascentia will implement the latest accounting technologies, allowing you to not only run a business, but to run a smart business that will excel in your industry. Their focus is to provide growth-centric, value-added, and timely accounting services for businesses, as well as individuals across Canada. Unlike standard accounting firms, by embracing cloud-based software, the team at Ascentia will provide you with real-time accounting information on a secure platform that is accessible anywhere at any time, allowing you to make better informed decisions and gain more controlled overview of your financial data. The reliability and expertise you will experience with the professionals at Ascentia will assist you in the preparation of corporate and personal tax returns, financial statements, bookkeeping, government filings, tax and estate planning, as well as business advisory services. For more information on the advantages of online accounting and to book a complimentary meeting online, be sure to visit ascentiacpa.ca. We are I. everybody we're sitting down with Maya so I know I butchered that um, she's from Sweden and I don't have a Swedish accent and I'm gonna 
kind of stumble my way through pronouncing her name probably a million more times during this. But uh, uh, thank you for coming on today. And the, the primary purpose for coming on is um, obviously everybody knows I'm going through this experiment, with these different diets, and I'm on the vegan portion right now. And uh, I tracked me down a, a vegan from halfway around the world. So uh, welcome <laughs> to the show. Thank you for having me. No problem. Um, so again, just like what we were talking about, you know, kind of fill us in a little bit of your backstory, you know, like, like go right from childhood, like, you know, like how, like was nutrition important to you guys, you know, like when you were growing up, is this something that your parents did or did you get into, you know, nutrition and, you know, being vegan plant-based because your parents didn't instill good nutritional values, kind of like fill us in a little bit of the story about how you got to where you're at today. Yeah, well, um, I guess it all started when I was little. Um, my mom was kind of into nutritional stuff, but um, she's not having to dive as deep into it as I have. And my uh, grandma on my father's side also used to uh, run the health food store in oh. the city I live. And uh, then I was just spending time on the internet <laughs> like you do. And I stumbled upon a few uh, vegan YouTubers. And then this whole new world <laughs> opened up for me. And um, I started looking into it. And I wanted to go vegan immediately. Oh. But I hadn't turned 18 yet. I was 17 at the time. And uh, my mother said no. <laughs> oh. yeah. So I first went vegetarian for maybe six months and um up came my 18th birthday and I haven't looked back since so like when you said like you know kind of like health and wellness was like a part of your family like and like just you know kind of more from like the nutritional standpoint like what was their definition of that because you said your mom was kind of opposed to you being vegan but she was accepting of you kind of being like vegetarian or pescatarian you know, like what, what diet did they follow? Like what was their philosophy or methodology when it comes to nutrition for you guys growing up? Uh, well, uh, always healthy food, yeah. pretty much always. And uh, just junk stuff on the weekends. It oh. was never allowed on the weekdays. Oh, okay. So you guys kind of follow like what, what most people would do or like, you know, healthy eating during the week and then yeah. on the weekends, you know, like, the wheels kind of come off the bus a little bit and that's when all the, the treats would kick in. Yeah, exactly. Do you find that like now that even though you are vegan and the knowledge you have, like, do you find that like, are you trying to break that habit now or have you broken that habit or is it party to you or like, like what, what do you do? Do you do kind of like during the week eat healthy and then on the weekend you allow yourself some, some treats or like what's a protocol that you follow now? Uh, it depends. It's what I'm feeling. Sometimes it's unhealthy like three times in the middle of the week <laughs> sometimes yeah. there's just healthy things it's just all depends on yeah. what i feel like so when you were kind of researching you know becoming like vegan or like you know when you're watching these vegan youtubers and they kind of sucked you in what was it about being vegan that really drew you to that lifestyle or like that methodology or the reason why you wanted to become vegan like what did you see or like what was what was the appeal to it the number one appeal was definitely uh, the ethics side with uh, the animal abuse and everything. Because I've always, always, always loved all animals. And then I watched some uh, slaughterhouse footage and I was just like, if I can't do it myself, why should I pay someone else to do it for me? Yeah. So it just felt wrong. <laughs> 
So it was strictly just from like the, the ethical side, like it was like, have you, is it more still the ethical side now or kind of has it morphed into a little bit now that you've kind of fine tuned this, like this nutrition or like, you know, like this, this way of eating now, like, do you find yourself to be feeling better? Or like, are you healthier now? Or like, do you supplement a lot or, you know, kind of like, like step us through like what your, your daily life looks like being vegan? Uh, yeah, well, the uh, number one reason is still the animals, of course, but the health side is like the moment I switched over, it was like mind blowing how good it felt like physically and mentally everything. Of course, it doesn't cure everything, but a lot of health issues just cleared up. Yeah. What were some of like, where, where you say like, you know, walk us through, you know, like, like mentally and emotionally, like what are some of the shifts that you felt going from like how you were eating? Because, you know, like obviously you kind of walked through it as a softer process. You were eating a certain way, then you became vegetarian and then you became vegan. You know, like what was, what were some of like the cognitive, the mental and the emotional effects when you, you know, became, when you set from a vegetarian to become vegan? Uh, from a, uh, my first regular diet to vegetarianism there wasn't really a big difference nothing mm -hmm. that i could really pinpoint and yeah that really stood out but once i went vegan it was like i'm i still struggle with anxiety and mental yeah. stuff but a lot of it got way way easier yeah and um, my uh, menstrual cycle as well that's why yeah. And you can see, you know, because like I, the reason why like I bring this up where like you say, you know, becoming vegan, it's a lot easier to be able to control like, you know, like your anxiety, you know, and all the symptoms that come along with that. There has been lots of people that, you know, we never got to like actually recording or, you know, like they've agreed to come on, you know, but because of anxiety, they've had to back out either before we started or, you know, like right before we press, press record. So I know like how you know, like those symptoms, you know, like it, it's tough when you don't feel like you have control yeah. over them, you know, but a lot yeah. of people are starting to correlate, like how you can control a lot of those symptoms with your diet. Um, like, do you feel a little bit of freedom from your anxiety now that you've chose to become vegan? Yeah, definitely. I'm a very, very much extroverted person, mm -hmm. but uh, during high school, I struggled a lot with depression and anxiety and I was always spending all, all evenings in my room because I didn't want to see people. And now I can't imagine a life without seeing people. Yeah. Do <laughs> so you, do you really got out, got out of my bubble. Yeah. Do you feel knowing what you know now, like do you directly kind of correlate a lot of that like introverted, um, you know, like anxiety ridden personality when you were in high school to your diet and how you were eating then? Um, do you feel like it has that big of an impact on your, your everyday life? Come again, I didn't get it. Oh, so like, um, say like when during like high school, when you had like, you know, very, uh, like a lot of anxiety and, you know, you kind of like trapped yourself like in your room, like after school and you were very introverted, like, do you directly correlate feeling like that? Like with your diet back then, because you said you're very extroverted now and you, you want to be around people. It's kind of completely the opposite of how you're feeling through high school. Like, do you feel like that is like strictly because of your diet or like the majority because of your diet? No, I don't think it has that much to do with my diet. Oh. I think it's more, I, um, I just stepped outside and yeah. there and just 
stopped caring what people thought. Yeah. Just walked out, did my thing. <laughs> you know, and, and, and maybe that's part of veganism as well, because when uh, I turned vegan, I didn't know anyone. And family, friends, everyone was questioning me, and they were like, yeah, let, let her try it, let her try it, she'll be back. She'll be back with us in two weeks, and here I am three years later, still at it. <laughs> Do you find there's like a pretty big like vegan community? Like, do you feel like that you've connected with a community of people who are like like-minded and that's kind of really helped you kind of come out of your shell a little bit too? Yeah, definitely. I think so. But that's mostly online. I only know a few vegans in real life and um, I wouldn't say I know them. It's more I know of them <laughs> in my uh, general area. Yeah, because like in Vancouver, like there's a lot of people who are, you know, vegan, like, you know, kind of vegan, you know, vegetarians, pescatarians, very big in, in Vancouver, BC. We kind of have just like that kind of quote unquote, like, you know, hippie or trendy, you know, like mentality, like out here. And, you know, like I'm doing like a plant based diet right now because it's like we're going through kind of like a six month experiment of all of these different diets. You know, like oh, the month right. preceding this, I was on the carnivore diet, and then it's plant based, then ketogenic, and, you know, then we're going paleo. So, like, we're going through and, you know, where I was kind of mentioning a little bit about the community, because that's the one thing that I've noticed going through these diets is that there's very specific communities, you know, mm. amongst like all these diets and like, you can really get pulled into it, you know, because yeah. everybody inside these communities is so passionate about like, how they eat their lifestyle that, you know, that's why I wanted to reach out to you because like, you're halfway around the world. And, you know, like, is it like that there too? You know, like, do you guys experience like those same things? Because you know, like I noticed like locally, you know, everybody gets so passionate about it, you know, but when we expand it, like on a global perspective, because obviously finding community and having a sense of community when we're doing anything is very key to our success. You know, like you said, you found these YouTubers that were like vegan and, you know, now you kind of feel a part of that, that community. Um, but you know, how, why do you think that, um, like vegans aren't very big in Sweden or is it just kind of in your city that there's not a lot of vegans? Uh, I think it's, Maybe it's just that I haven't met that many. <laughs> oh, okay. uh, but uh, online, the community is uh, quite large. There's Facebook groups and um, yes. quite a lot of people. Yeah. What, like, like geographically, you know, like speaking, like, you know, being like in Sweden, like what's a typical diet? Like what are, what are most people doing? Like what's kind of like the, the standard Swedish diet that just the regular everyday person is on? Oh, uh, I guess it's like, say, breakfast, maybe like oatmeal or yogurt or something. Okay. Lunch, usually leftovers from the night before. And uh, that could be, um, yeah, let's say typical Swedish food, like yeah. potatoes, meatballs. Yeah. So do do people in Sweden, do you guys like, like eat out? Because I know like that's one of the biggest problems, like, in Western culture, like people like chronically eat out and we have all these ways of like, you know, eating out. Like, is that something that, you know, Swedish people do too? Or because you kind of labeled a lot of like at home cooking, like, you know, uh, like oatmeal and yogurt, then leftovers for lunch and then a, like a new at home meal at dinner. Is that something that you guys do or is that kind of typical to Swedish culture? Uh, that's typical Swedish, I think. I mean, we go out to eat at times as well. Yeah. And uh, that has gotten like, so good lately the like just the last few years mm. uh the uh, 
you can go to pretty much any place and there will be a vegan option or you can do some modification and you'll get a proper vegan meal. Yeah. So like, are, do you guys have like a lot of like vegan restaurants starting to spring up like in your city? Because like I know like here, like, you know, like we have like a really big, you know, following of like a vegan diet, but it seems like it's been within the last maybe three to five years as well. There's just like a lot more restaurants opening up that offer like strictly just vegan menus and like the diversity that you can find at these places is like really kind of helped open up people's eyes of like what a plant-based diet can be like. And like a plant-based diet, it's not just eating like cucumbers and broccoli and cauliflower and, you know, like carrots and like, it's actually like really good quality, well-balanced meals. Um, are you finding that same thing there? Uh, in like the biggest cities like uh, Stockholm and Gothenburg, there's definitely a lot of options, but uh, just uh, there was a, well, there is rather a uh, restaurant in the city next over um, that has a completely plant-based restaurant and they opened maybe six months ago or something. So we're getting there. <laughs> yeah. Um, so you kind of like on your, on your Instagram, um, like finding the one thing that I noticed, it seems like you're, you're quite interested in like in food science or, you know, like from yep. like a, like food science, like kind of like get into that. Like, like what's your, what's your niche? Like, what do you primarily focus on? Like when you label that, like, like, what do you mean by that? Or like, like what's your passion? Like, what do you love exploring from a, a nutritional standpoint? I mean, um, I just find it really interesting like where to find all the nutrients you need and to make sure you get everything each day. Mm. And uh, it's not hard, but you might have to think a little bit and how the different nutrients interact with each other. So like you have your fat soluble nutrients, mm. you should eat fat with your salad because otherwise it's basically pointless. Yeah. <laughs> and the little things like this that you, um, maybe don't think about if you don't know them what are like what because what, when you say that like a lot of people actually don't know those kind of things like like what do you think are some of the biggest mistakes that people make when they when they want to become vegan or when they start eating a plant-based diet predominantly like what do you think are some of the most like common mistakes that people make and like what are some of the things that <clears throat> some advice that you could offer people as like solutions like where you said like there's fat soluble foods but you should eat those fat soluble foods you know like with like a salad or is kind of pointless eating them like what are some of like the the common thing mistakes that you think that most people make when eating on a, a plant-based diet well uh, the number one mistake is definitely not eating enough because mm. uh, there's a lot more volume to less calories so you have to eat a lot more and if you don't think about that and keep eating your regular portions you will just be super tired and have no energy at all and eventually fall off the, the vegan wagon <laughs> yeah um like what are some of like the the nutrients like specifically like like you know uh say like, like macronutrients micronutrients like what are some of the things that you know like people really need to like focus on to make sure that their their stores their levels are high you know like that we that we have enough um like because like micronutrients are always a concern you know, like with being on like a plant-based diet and like another thing that I noticed too, you know, just tracking like my macronutrients that, you know, it's really easy to overeat carbohydrates and fats to try to get enough proteins. 
Um, you know, yeah. just because like, you know, to be able to get these proteins, like your carbohydrate levels are naturally going to be very high. So I found that to be kind of like a, a tricky balance to get enough like protein yeah. in the day. Um, because I'm really trying not to supplement with anything, trying to do like these diets strictly just with whole foods. Um, you know, but I find that to be really, really tricky as well. But like, what are some of the micronutrients that, you know, that people are going to be deficient in that they really have to focus on when they're on a plant-based diet? Uh, it's the, the most important one is definitely uh, B12 because mm -hmm. there aren't any real, then there, you can't find it in the vegan diet basically because it's uh, created by uh, bacteria and the bacteria lives in dirt. And since we wash our vegetables mm. super, super clean, we lose all the B12. So you definitely have to supplement with B12. And then uh, living in the Northern Hemisphere, we need to think about vitamin D as well. But that, that isn't just us vegans, that's everyone. <laughs> yeah, hence the and light then, therapy lamps, right? Yeah. Yeah. Correct, yes. And then also omega-3, because uh, you can definitely get it from the uh, vegan diet. But uh, there are a few different fatty acids. Like, I, I don't remember the names. There's, there's like ALA and DHA and so on and such. It's really interesting when you look into it. And um, you usually get it from like fish. And then you get the correct one because the body can create them from the ones before. You understand me? Yeah. 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 And uh, as a vegan, we get it from like flax and chia and walnuts. But we only get like the first step and then it's up to our body to create the one we need. And uh, your, um, the rate at which you um, change it is really hard to know. So yeah, you don't totally really know if you get enough. Yeah. And that's one of the things, you know, like about being on a plant-based diet too, you know, like where, like you said, like you have to intake these certain materials into your body and then you get your, your body naturally then tries to convert those materials yep. into substances that you need, you know, but like when you're not on a vegan diet, like you're just getting a lot of that final stage product. So like, this is kind of like my, you know, my question that I always ask, you know, like vegans just is like their perspective on it, that anytime that there's a process that takes place in your body, there's a certain amount of inflammation that goes with that process. You know, so if we're intaking, you know, on a plant-based diet, you know, say product A and we have to convert it into product C going through the steps of A, B, C, there's inflammation mm -hmm. that's going to happen between A and B and B and C, yep. you know, but if you're on a non-plant-based diet, you can just pop right to the final product C. What's more, what's, what's more beneficial for the body? You know, like, cause this is, this is my thing, you know, like where we look at you know, outside of like an ethical standpoint, you know, like where you said it has a lot to do with ethics because you don't want the harm to come to animals. But when we look at just like what's best for our body, like is that something that you agree with or, or disagree with? But like the ethics of not eating animal products kind of supersedes, you know, kind of like the, the negative effects or like how much harder it is to be able to get these certain key nutrients for your body than if you just ate a non-plant-based diet um well uh, at least for from my standpoint it's always the animals yeah. comes in the first place but when it comes to inflammation coming from the conversion steps 
there's a lot of information created from eating animal protein. So it's pretty much all the same. And then, of course, there's a lot of anti-inflammatory foods like uh, turmeric, which I try to consume every day. Yeah, it's kind of amazing. Like we we found like these few, and like you know, I think no matter where we are at in the world now, like you know, things like you know, like turmeric and you know, like cinnamon and you know, like all these things that are like regularly consumed by everybody now is like you know, anti-inflammatories or blood sugar stabilizers, you know, things like that. Um, you know, like do do you think that we kind of like as like a, a global culture, we we focus on too many like singular things. And we kind of forget to research how many other things are have anti-inflammatory properties too. You know, it's like, I find that like whenever you kind of like look up like anything on the internet or you kind of hear what, you know, the chatter is on the internet and across social media sites that everybody's kind of saying the same similar things. But do you think that kind of narrows our perspective down to like how, how vastly we could be thinking? Because the one thing I have found on a, a plant-based diet is it has the most variety. Like it has the potential yeah. to have the most variety out of anything because there's millions of kinds of plants. And like, you know, you really have a, an opportunity and option to be able to eat them all. But we still kind of think of like, geez, maybe like top 20 things, you know, like quinoa or rice and turmeric and, you know, like like hummus, like all these things that just seem to be so common. Like, like, do you think like uh, what would really benefit the plant-based community is kind of branching outside of that and have more people talking about like all the other options of stuff that's out there instead of everybody kind of just saying the same thing? Uh, yeah, I mean, um, I don't know how <laughs> to answer that really. Um, but um, there's definitely a lot of focus on like superfoods, which... Yeah. I'm not really a huge fan of because there's, in my opinion, there's no such thing as a superfood. Mm. Every food is superfood in its own way. <laughs> I, uh, I so that's, I totally, uh, yeah, I totally agree with you. I think superfoods yeah. are just like a way to be able to sell this singular product because like yeah. there's, there's no argument that like, you know, one food isn't a superfood. I think all like whole food is a superfood in its yep. own capacity because it all has like an opportunity to be able to do something great for your body as long as it's not yep. processed or you know has like chemicals on you know like pesticides or besides all that kind of stuff like you know and so i'm glad that you said because I, I really think more people need to put that message out there too that there is no one singular superfood or a top 10 list of superfoods that like all of these just all natural foods are superfoods yeah, exactly. That's kind of what I'm doing on my Instagram page at uh, the moment. I post. Um, I I put up <laughs> posts about uh, just random foods I have at home. So like the other day I posted a red cabbage and listed the health benefits and so and such. And it's like no one thinks of cabbage as a superfood, but it's super rich in antioxidants. Mm. So your everyday food just holds a lot. You don't need to go out and buy super expensive, weird powders from some unknown <laughs> country in Asia. Well, and, and those are the things too, you know, right? Where like, like the one thing that I look at, you know, that because we get inflammation, like what we just talked about, like in our bodies, simply just because we move, like as soon as you kind of 
get out of bed, you're exacerbating the inflammation that's happening. Even like laying in bed, doing nothing, you're still creating inflammation in your body. But we have all of these things. Like, you know, I think because like, again, we kind of focus on just maybe like a few anti-inflammatory foods, but when you actually do the research and if you want to really get into like a plant-based or a vegan diet, like every option pretty much on a plant-based diet, you know, has anti-inflammatory properties to it. So like, I find that to be like the odd thing about like our biological world is that like we need these anti-inflammatory properties to these foods. And there is an absurd abundance amount of food that has anti-inflammatory properties, you know, like to it, you know, like it just goes to show like the, the amazing side of our biological world, how like we all are so like interconnected and how like when you are just focusing on, you know, like doing what's, what's best for you and having the right and getting away from processed foods, you really don't need to supplement anything in like what you said. And you don't need to kind of step outside within your geographical area. If you really want to just have like diversity on your plate on a regular basis. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. What are some of the things that you, you typically eat in a day, like on, on a plant-based diet now that you've kind of been doing this for a few years now, like, like what does your typical day look like as a, a plant-based uh, diet connoisseur? Oh, that's, really depends on what I'm doing but lately since I've uh, just been home I uh, get up in the morning and I have coffee <laughs> yeah. and uh, then depending on if I'm hungry or not I might have some proper food mm. and then uh, at lunch lately I've been having a smoothie bowl okay just loving it super easy just throw everything into the blender and you're done <laughs> yeah and then uh, for dinner usually like boiled potatoes with some sort of protein source and the salad yeah what do you have like what do you focus on for your protein sources like when you think of like like protein like what what comes to you like what's something kind of like a, a regular few protein sources for you because that's something that i struggle with you know, even like knowing what foods are higher in protein, it's just, you know, like getting enough protein. So like, what are some of the protein sources that you focus on? I, um, I mean, there's protein in uh, pretty much everything, mm -hmm. but if you want to get really high levels, you should go for, um, number one is uh, protein powders, of course, if you really want to yeah. bang it all in, but you mentioned you were on a completely whole foods, right? Yeah. Yes, and then um, maybe some sort of soy-based, soy protein, mm. fake meat kind of, kind of thing. They usually hold a lot of protein as well, but maybe they're off your list as well. Um, yeah, I'm going to try one of those Beyond Meat burgers, you know, just because like a lot of like, you know, people who are on a plant-based diet would be eating them. Um, like I didn't want to make it like a regular staple in my diet because I don't necessarily agree with like how processed yeah. they are. Um, I agree. But, and like, and I've really been holding off. Like I have absolutely no desire to like eat one whatsoever. Just cause like I said, like, I think it's kind of, when I look at how heavily processed those foods are, I yeah. kind of get to this like weird, like moral kind of dilemma saying, okay, well, I don't want to eat processed foods, you know, but a lot of like what is offered on a plant-based diet is processed, you know, like to yeah. be able to get the adequate amount of nutrients. So like, if you look at soy, well, I'm not a huge fan of taking soy products because of how genetically modified soy is. 
you know, so then I look at that and I'm like kind of at this weird gray area. And then you look at things like beyond meat burgers and all this kind of stuff, which I find to be very interesting that, you know, vegans or plant-based diet eaters would even want to eat something that looks like a, a beef patty. I kind of find that didn't never mind that it's like heavily processed and then protein powders again, which are heavily processed, you know, to be able to get there. So like, like that's the one thing, like I said, like that I really like struggle with is just like, yeah. it seems like to be able to get an adequate amount of protein, you have to heavily rely on these processed foods, even though they're a lot different maybe than like, say like, like chips being processed or chocolate bars or, you know, like, like that kind of stuff, but it's still yeah. processed at the end of the day. Definitely. I yeah. find it to be like hard to want to commit to like now introducing all these processed foods into my diet because my regular diet, I don't use protein powders. I don't use anything like that. And I get everything that I need. So it's really interesting to be on a diet where like you feel like it's a necessity to eat processed foods. No, it's not necessary. I just mentioned them because they are really, really high in uh, yeah. protein content. But um, for a whole food plant-based diet, you should go for obviously things like beans and lentils, nuts, seeds, and then um, dark leafy vegetables have a lot of protein compared to the amount of calories. But oh, okay. it's not a lot of calories, so you have to weigh that in. Um, nutritional yeast has a lot of protein as well, but we just use it as cheese seasoning. Yeah. Do you, <laughs> um, do you find but like, uh, eat carbohydrates um, to be able to chase down enough protein. Like, is that is that something that you're aware of or that you face at all, or is something that you think about just to try to get enough protein in your diet that you end up eating um, too much carbohydrates, or is that just kind of a corner I've backed myself into? I I don't like carbohydrates. It's yeah. the yourself's number one fuel, so you shouldn't be afraid of them. Yeah. You shouldn't go out and eat pure granulated sugar, but yeah, say the carbohydrate that comes with, say, beans, it's still a whole food and it's bound to fiber, so it doesn't affect your blood sugar in the same way as pure white sugar would do. Yeah. So, you know, like with all this, like, you know, knowledge that you have with like, you know, being vegan and plant-based, like, like, what are, what are you using that for, like, in, in your community? Is it just, are you chasing all this down just for yourself personally or is it something that you're um like doing professionally like where where are you going with all this knowledge and you know like all this nutritional information that you've accumulated uh, it's mostly just for me just because i find it interesting but i actually helped a friend of mine a while back he uh, complained about being tired all the time so i asked him what what he eats mm -hmm. on a regular basis and uh, i uh, Maybe it was just because he increased his calories. You know, if you're if you're in a calorie deficit, you get really tired. Yeah. But he, I, I think he was deficient in potassium, so I recommend him to eat, eat some potatoes, eat some bananas, and then a week later he was in way better. So, okay. just little you, uh, things like what that. What do you think about like the vegan honeymoon stage? Like, is because that's kind of like something big within like the vegan and plant-based community is that like when people switch on to like a plant-based or a vegan diet, like they initially feel great because this vegan honeymoon is like, you know, they have all these extra like micronutrients in their body, you know, like they're enthusiastic about it. You know, like they're eating more variety of like food and all that kind of stuff. But like you said, then 
because people aren't really doing it properly, they're missing a lot of key, you know, like micronutrients that they need in their body, like, like B12, you know, vitamin D, iron, all these kind of things. Um, like, do you think that, like, like, what do you think? Do you think there's a vegan honeymoon stage or do you think that's all just kind of like people, um, like a, a theory they come up, like what's your perspective on the vegan honeymoon? I think it, um, it stems a lot from the, uh, online community because, mm. um, with the whole high carb, low fat movement, which there's nothing wrong with it. That's the sleeper slope I found myself on when I got into it. And um, like I said, you shouldn't be scared of carbs, but you shouldn't be scared of fat either. Because as a woman, if I don't eat enough fat, it will affect my hormones. Yeah, and that's why a lot of people quit being vegan because they just weren't eating enough or enough of the proper things. Do you feel like there's a lot of misinformation online when it comes to, you know, like a plant-based diet or a vegan diet? Like, do you think that there's just a, like a ton of misinformation out there that it's hard to be able to weed through? Or do you feel like that the information out there is like really like a solid springboard for people? Yeah, there's definitely a lot, a lot of misinformation. But uh, to get around that, I would, I, I would recommend to just find people with actual nutritional uh, education mm-hmm. and uh, even touch on the people that aren't vegan in the nutrition community just to get a different perspective. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I find that to be because, you know, like, obviously, like, you know, like, we all kind of want to share our stories and our journeys. And, you know, like, like, and now with like the amount of information that's on the internet, like, it's, it's hard to see like, what's valid, and, you know, like, and, and I see like, specifically, like with me, where, you know, like, all of our bodies are so unique, and all of our demands are so much different, like on our bodies, where like, you know, I, I've talked to quite a few, like, you know, vegans now, you know, and like, my one thing that I always say, I'm like, well, you know, a lot of people when they're talking to me about like nutrition, they come to perspective, like a fitness level kind of being like average or a little bit on the lower side, you know, but I'm like, you know, in a given week, I can, you know, log about 30 fitness hours in a week, you know, just because my life kind of mandates that, you know, I'm always out doing something. Plus I work out and I play multiple sports and all that kind of stuff. So like, I, I have found that like, you know, to try to chase down like the nutrients that I need, like the amount of food that I have to eat, kind of like what you alluded to before, is so high that I have to, I like, I almost feel it's too much food. Like I have a hard time digesting the amount of food that I need because the the volume is so high. Um, Do you think that like, you know, for like, like high performance athletes that like a vegan diet is sustainable for them just because like the amount of volume of food they have to eat, you know, plus um, like the amount of nutrients that they have to like really focus on they get because the demand for nutrients is so high. Like, do you think like a vegan diet is sustainable long-term for um, high performance athletes? Definitely. There shouldn't shouldn't be a problem. Uh, If you find it hard to eat a lot of food, then you should just go after more calorie dense food, like foods high in fat, like avocados or nuts and seeds. And yeah, well, nuts pack a lot of protein as well. So yeah, you get that for free, essentially, <laughs> as well. What are, some, what are some like unique ways that you have found or some suggestions you can make to try to um, make complete protein strands? Because like, like, that's the one thing, you know, like with the amino acid profiles, you know, like in a lot of um, 
these foods in, in specific regards to like, you know, protein and stuff that, you know, you kind of have to have a combination of food to be able to bump the amino acid profiles up enough to really get like, you know, a solid backbone of like, you know, protein strands to be able to, to build from. Um, like what are some suggestions that you could give that you've come across to be able to kind of complete those protein strands or, or do you not look at it from like a meal perspective? Do you look at it from like, like an entire day? Cause I've also found that too, where some people focus on the balance in a meal to get higher amino acid profiles, but some people look at it as getting that through the entire day, just having that, um, those nutrients to the body. Like, like what's your perspective on, uh, on complete versus incomplete protein strands? I think of it as the entire day because, uh, just micromanaging everything in every single meal would be way too much work. Uh, so just try to eat a varied diet. And um, if you, once you switch to a vegan diet, it might cause some indigestion just from the pure amount of fiber. But if you feel like there isn't a problem, you should go for more whole foods like go for the whole brown rice instead of white mm. and whole grain pasta instead of white because you get a lot of protein yeah. from from your carb sources if yeah. you just consume the whole, the whole do, you, do you think like kind of like a, a newer way of looking at it is um you know looking at like the nutrition through the whole day versus what it is like at each individual meal because like i do notice that there's a pretty big shift online for people who look at getting the right amount of nutrients in each meal versus the entire day but you know like that's kind of like a newer way of like thinking of like spacing out through the entire day like like is that something that you've come across is that like a, a newer version of the way to be able to look at a plant-based diet is that you are looking at it over the entire course of a day versus individually in each meal? Or do you think that's just come by way of, it's just easier to do it that way? I think it's just, it's just easier. And I also think it's mentally more healthy to just not focus too much on what you eat. And that doesn't mean that you should eat only say, carb sources during the day and then all your protein at night just because I got everything. <laughs> yeah. But you um, just space it out, eat a very diet and you should be fine. Yeah. Awesome. That's cool. Um, is there any other like, like tips and tricks that you could offer me or like anybody listening on, you know, just like ways to be able to do like, like our best on a, on a plant-based diet before we wrap everything up. So these Zoom calls, like I just realized yesterday when I was on one of them, I haven't upgraded my package yet. So it's going to cut us off here in the next uh, couple minutes. But I want to be able to um, offer some people and, you know, even uh, advice for me, you know, to be able to how to be successful yes. on a vegan diet. So like what are, what are some of the things that you could offer us? Yes. Uh, make sure you eat enough. Mm. Don't be scared of carbs. If you know you're not going to be home or have easy access to food, Pack something, pack an apple. You can always bring an apple just so if you end up hungry, you don't go and eat some animal products. Yeah. You stay, stay to the diet until you get home. <laughs> awesome. um, yeah, if you do it long term, really make sure you get enough B12 and uh, have a look at the omega-6 to omega-3 balance. And if you don't get enough sun, the vitamin D. Yeah, awesome.
Well, thank you so much. Like I said, I, I just want to make sure that we can wrap things up uh, up properly and stuff before we get kicked off um, the Zoom because I know what it's like there, but everybody over here in Canada, the United States, has basically spends their entire life on on Zoom now and stuff because this yeah. situation is. So, um, yeah. I just I like I, it's such an honor having you on. Like I really appreciate when people come on from like around the world just so we can hear like different perspectives from you know people in different countries, and I think it's it's valuable to kind of open up our our global community and kind of get the perspectives of you know just like like minded individuals from around the world. Um, you know, especially in a wonderful country like Sweden. So I, I really appreciate you coming on today and I hope that you have a, a wonderful evening and I guess it's probably bedtime soon there. Yeah, same to you. Thank you for having me. Awesome, have a wonderful day. <laughs> you too.